This show contains movie spoilers and swearing. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Bite Size Cinema. I'm your host RJ McCready and boy I've got something special for you tonight. It's one of my favourite movies, one of my favourite franchises and heroes, which is Indiana Jones and we're going to be talking about The Temple of Doom. And joining me for this episode is Dan Bone from the podcast on Haunted Hill. Dan, how you doing mate? Fortune and glory kid, fortune and glory. <laughs> Feels, like a fo- <laughs> Feels like a fortune cookie. <laughs> fortune cookies kid <laughs> oh man there's just so much going on with this film isn't there but um a lot a oh lot. dear but before we talk about indiana jones as always mate always like to ask you what you've been up to or what you've been watching uh you know me i always try especially now i come on your show a bit more regularly i always try to bring something to the table oh god what's um, that <laughs> <laughs> so i've got a positive and a negative to bring to the table today right um okay. i'll probably i think if we start with the negative yeah and finish with the positive <laughs> a bit of a yin and yang or whatever it is you know. yeah yeah exactly so i did watch a shark film mm, of course you did yeah of course you did yeah. which one was it this time house shark oh god oh dear I, a I shark did. living oh. in someone's house Okay, so give me a little bit more detail on that. How's how's this working out? What we got here? Some sort of supernatural elements or something like that, is it? Well, it starts off feeling like there is probably something supernatural in this because the shark's like in the walls of the house, but then it starts coming out of the toilet. um, And then they bring in a guy that's a bit like Indiana Jones. He's supposed to be like... Uh, a grizzled former estate agent, a bit like Indy is an archaeologist. Okay. And he teams up with a house shark expert. (laughs) But unfortunately, about 45 minutes into it, you realise they... You thought this was going to be fun, but actually it gets quite hard to watch because the outfit... Basically, the shark is a guy in a suit and he looks like a Power Rangers baddie reject and it's just quite bad. Oh, that's... Yeah, I get that. I get that. I remember the old Power Rangers, and I've got that vision in my head now. But it took you for, it took forty-five minutes. It's not too bad. Forty-five. Well, you know, I finished the, the whole same. film. I know you did. Right, <laughs> right until the end credits, I believe, until you get that sort of signature by the. Uh... <laughs> no, you never know. There might be uh, an extra feature, something at the end, and you know, the little scene. Some shark coming out of a toilet at the end again, yeah. or whatever. You never know. Oh man, you do you do it to yourself, Dan. You do, you I don't do, know why I do. I don't know why I do. Pain on yourself here for these. And what about the positive? Is there a positive? You said something good. Yeah. Um. Actually, there's one of them is almost a bit of a suggestion. Um. You may have even covered this. I don't think you have. But I rewatched, and I haven't seen this since it came out in 2001 in the cinema. Yep. I rewatched Evolution with David Duchovny and oh, right. Sean yeah. William Scott. 
Oh, I haven't covered it. It's really funny you mentioned that because I was thinking about that film the other day before you even posted it because I saw you post it on Facebook. Yeah. Um, and I think it's because I was thinking about David Duchovny in The X-Files. And then it suddenly came into my mind. I thought, actually, he did a film, didn't he, called Evolution, which was kind of like Ghostbusters or something, wasn't it? It's like a little bit of a Ghostbusters. It is. It's a little bit Men in Black, a little bit Ghostbusters. um, And it's directed by Ivan Reitman as well. Um, Mm. So it's got that Ghostbusters sort of feel to it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, actually. I haven't seen it for about 20 years, believe it or not. And it's still a lot of fun. So that was something fun that I watched. It's actually got one of my favourite actors in it, apart from David Duchovny, is Sean William Scott. <laughs> God, yeah. There's something about that, dude. It's like, I feel like he should be doing more. Um, he's, he's pretty good. He seems like a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, a very funny guy, but he always plays the same sort of stiffler roles, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, um, I've always thought that he could possibly play, um, well, this was probably about 10 or 20 years ago now. Um, that he could actually play Jack Burton. And, uh... Ah, I could see that. Yeah, I could just see him do it. He's just got that sort of quality about him, do you know what I mean? He's, he's, he looks like he could sort of, you know, fight, and he's got that sort of hero thing about him, but then he could be a bit slapstick as well. So, uh, yeah. Well, I watched a, a serious role of his uh, a few weeks back. It's on Netflix in the UK, it's called Bloodline. One word, bloodline. Oh, I've heard he you this. Um, a bit of a serial killer vigilante. Um, it's a little bit like a cross between, I guess, something like The Guest crossed oh, yeah. with Psycho, maybe, because there's some like mother elements in it as well. Right. Oh, really uh, good, and he's really good in it. I, um, I actually, you mentioned The Guest there. I actually started watching that for the first time last night. Oh, wow. It's, it's, a, uh, it's good. It's good. I've watched the first 30, 40 minutes and I haven't read anything about it. I've just watched it and I thought, oh, this is, this is good. It's got a bit of an 80s thing about it as well, isn't it? So, well, the soundtrack is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. And the actor in it's very good as well. Uh, he's very, he's got a real sort of screen presence about him. Yeah, it's a really, really good film, that one. Um, I, uh, I was thinking about that one only the other day. I was thinking I need to rewatch The Guest because I think I've only seen it a couple of times. It's definitely we're, a good one. We're sharing a brain, Dan. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> we are. It's a bit it of a, you mentioned Evolution, The Guest. It's all things I've been thinking about. Um, <laughs> well, I watched, uh, it, I watched The Monster Squad. We all know oh, it. We've all wow. seen it. But... It's popped up on Amazon Prime at the moment, and uh, you know what? I absolutely loved that the other night, watching that. <laughs> it never fails to disappoint, that film. Um, it's Every year, it sort of goes up my list a little bit more and a little bit more. It's just very funny, but also very quite scary, and a really good introduction film for anyone who wants to get their kids into horror, I think, as well. Yeah. Um, it's funny, really, because I've seen it I think it's one of those films you watch, isn't it? Every, maybe every year or something like that. But I, I watched it this yeah. time around and I really, really enjoyed it. I thought what it was. <laughs> it's just um, the, the bit, there's it, the montage bit when they've got the music. It's typical in yeah. the 80s, is it? I can't remember the name of the song now. I did post it on there, but um, yeah, it's great. Well, controversially, I, I may, may I say something? Uh, I think in some ways it's a much better film than The Goonies, which it's often compared to. But I actually think in some ways it's a better film than The Goonies. 
Why is that? Is there? Can I ask the reason why you think that is, or is it just just the pace, or because it's? I think horror? it's the pace. I think the Goonies. Obviously, it's something that I've grown up watching. Same with you, and and I I'm in that world. I mm. love that film, but not very accessible if you've never seen it before. It's very muddled. The kids are talking all over each other all the way through, and it feels very freestyled, which I love, and it's an amazing film. But I think the Monster Squad is just really polished. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, you know, it's almost like if the kids from Stand By Me were dealing with monsters. Um, oh boy! Could you imagine that? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Oh, <laughs> and of course, you know the monsters in it are phenomenal. Gilman yeah. looks amazing. The werewolf is one of my favourite on-screen werewolves. Dracula's great. The Frankenstein monster at the end when he dies, you know that's so sad. And the mummy. I mean, what more could you, could you want? <laughs> yeah, this is it. And like I say, the special effects, and it's only an 80-minute movie as well, and it really gets to where it needs to get to, doesn't it? Just hang about. Um, like I say, you've got a really good soundtrack, some really good characters in it. I love the uh, sort of greaser-type kid in it as well. He's pretty cool, yep. isn't he? So, you know, he has his moment in the And end. also, <clears throat> got some very adult stuff in it as well. Um <laughs> Yeah, the, the stuff, the stuff about the virgins and Dracula picks that little girl up by the, by the sort of head and calls her a little bitch or something, doesn't he? Yeah, that's it. I think it's it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how you mention that. Is stuff like that you kind of goes over your head, doesn't it, when you're kids? But when you watch it as an adult, you think, oh right, okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sort of understanding sure. <laughs> these references now. Um, so yeah, so the monster squad. What else have? can't remember what else I've been watching um, something else I watched but I can't remember what it was now but um, yeah there seems to be a lot of stuff doesn't there I mean we're very sport by Netflix and Amazon Prime aren't we these days um, oh absolutely yeah know. yeah. Um, you know you recommended something to me I don't know if you remember a while back which is on Amazon Prime which I that's the last thing I wanted to mention really which I watched which was Life After Flash oh yeah um, I touched on this on my episode of my show, but fantastic documentary about Sam Jones and, you know, his career. Yeah, he, um, I thought he came across really good, actually, um, because they say, they say not to meet heroes, but in this case, I think Sam Jones, if you met him, I think he'd be a really nice bloke. Um, and I thought this documentary put him across really well. Um, you know, it's, it, it, I, I almost had a little bit of a tear in there, Dan, as well, at some point. <laughs> Oh, yeah. To be honest with you. You yeah. know, this is a guy that came out of nowhere. Suddenly he was Flash Gordon. Mm. Um, tried to keep that flame going, but his career couldn't quite keep up with that. And he hit really, really hit rock bottom. Um, but through the love of his family and, you know, friends and a little bit of luck, he's doing what he loves now by the looks of it. And just seems like a genuinely good guy because people can be assholes, really, if they go through this kind of stuff. It's understandable. You might come out of all of this as a bit of an asshole, but he seemed quite a nice guy by the end of it all. Yeah, that's, it's good to see that other side, isn't it? Because, like you say, you see Flash Gordon as a hero character, and you think the guy portraying him would be... I'm um, not saying Sam Jones isn't a hero. I'm sure he is in different ways, but how this film's affected him, how us as an audience was, would be thinking, oh, that'd be cool if I could play Flash Gordon. But for him, it was, caused him a lot of problems, didn't it? Uh, yeah. Which is the... 
Uh, I think, uh, in fact, I think you guys picked up. I picked up on that in your latest episode with podcast on you and Gav had a good conversation about that. Um, a bit like trying, you know, trying to reach a bit of fame and all that, and sometimes you get your fingers burnt. So it's quite a good little topic. Yeah, it was good, and it's a, so it's a very good documentary. And for anyone that hasn't seen it, any of your listeners, I highly recommend it. It's on Amazon Prime, and it's called Life After Flash. And who doesn't love Flash Gordon? Oh yeah, so go watch that documentary. Gordon's great, alive. The other one I watched. <laughs> funny enough, talking about uh, uh, documentaries as well, talking about a little bit of a downfall was uh, Life After the Navigator. Uh, wow, yeah, I need to watch this. I've heard it's really good. Yeah, um, like I say I won't obviously won't spoil it for you, but it just goes into the. Um, story of the kid you know uh, I can't remember his name now yeah um, I know but he you know he went through some problems himself you know after that so yeah check it out Dan I'll, I'll say I'll, I won't spoil it for you but um, yeah, it's one one to watch so, okay I will I'll check yeah, it out yeah that's it compliance <laughs> <laughs> in fact I'm, uh, that's a film we need to do actually I think Flight of the Navigator. It's on that list that never seems to go down because oh, every mate. time we talk, we had about three more films to it. But I know, yeah, this I'm, is it. That with you. Yeah, we'll have to have a look at that. But we're not here to talk about Flight of the Navigator today. We're here to talk about Indiana Jones. So, shall we get onto that plane then, Dan? <laughs> yeah, let's get on that plane uh, and then we'll get into some mine carts as well, shall we? Yeah. The plane with no parachutes, but it's got a life raft to so go. You do everything with that, so uh, you know the drill, guys. So we play this trailer, and uh, we'll be back soon. And welcome back, guys. So the synopsis to this movie is, in 1935, Indiana Jones arrives in India, still part of the British Empire, and is asked to find a mystical stone. He then stumbles upon a secret cult committing enslavement and human sacrifice in the catacombs of an ancient palace. It was brought out in 1984 as a PG. It's got 118 minutes and it was directed by Steven Spielberg and produced by George Lucas. So, Dan, Temple of Doom, man. What can you tell wow. me about this movie, mate? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I couldn't tell you the first time I saw it. It was probably around about Christmas 
on BBC One. Yeah. Um, you know the drill. Yeah. One of those blockbusters they would have put on in the mid 80s, maybe even the bit of the late 80s, I would say. But I was probably a seven or eight year old boy. And yeah. this, I think this was the first Indiana Jones movie I saw. Oh, right. Okay. And has remained my favourite ever since for many, many reasons. <laughs> probably because you watched it for the first time, perhaps, maybe. You know what I mean? I'll, you know, it's. You kind of have that thing, didn't you? Do you know what I mean? If that was your first impression of indie. Um, but I mean, man. I was just sucked into the world of minecarts, swinging with whips, sword fights, rope bridges, you know, planes, parachutes. Just, I mean, we talked off air, but it's just a breathless ride, really, from one scene to another scene to another scene. It barely lets up, really. Yeah, it's just it's... incredible. Yeah, I mean, it's just like I say, every time I watch it, I'm just always entertained. It's almost like a bit of comfort food as well when you put into this uh, world of Indiana Jones, you know. It's just, he's, as you know, he's he, he is my favourite action hero. Um, I just want to be the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, women want to be with him, men want to be him. Yeah, this is it. Um, I mean, for me... Uh, so my first Indiana Jones was Raiders of the Lost Ark and I'll just tell you this story now it was actually the first film I ever watched like ever ever watched wow as a kid um, my dad brought it home on VHS plonked me in front of the TV and you know said watch this and I was absolutely blown away by it um, and I, I thought about this earlier today before we did this recording I was trying to think I thought I it left that much of an impression on me that I wonder what I'd be like today if I never watched Indiana Jones at that age. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. it's there's little things that I do in my life on a day-to-day basis. Is I know it sounds a bit cliche, but it just feels a little bit Indiana Jones related, whether that's because I've come out of a catchphrase or just the way I dress. And, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's just a hero of mine. Do you know what I mean? I can't. Well, I mean, you know, for your listeners that don't know, and I'm sure they do, RJ, you yeah. are legitimately a treasure hunter. That is a hobby of yours. Yeah. Is that you, you hunt for treasure with a metal detector, you know, and you've been quite successful here and there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've actually, know. I mean, like I say, with my treasure hunting, I found some nice artifacts, stuff I've got in the museum. And um, the funny thing it's is, when I found this um, on my treasure hunt, I found this coin, which was quite rare. It went back to the days of King Stephen, 1135. It's now in a museum down in Rye. And um, I kid you not, Dan, I turned up at this museum. I saw the crater and uh, I was wearing my Indiana Jones jacket. <laughs> <laughs> I went straight in there for it, mate. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I, even, I, even, I even chucked in the phrase. Yeah, well, I thought it belonged in a museum. <laughs> <laughs> You absolute legend. So that's that's yeah. So that's the effect it had on me. And um, obviously, after watching Raiders, um, this movie came out, and I think it's probably one of the one of the best sequels, isn't it? Even though it's a technically a prequel, isn't it? Um, Strangely, yeah. Uh, <sighs> Funny story about Raiders of the Lost Ark actually is that although I saw Temple of Doom first, yeah, because I loved it so much, my my parents said oh well there's another indiana jones movie you know we should rent that and we rented out raiders and that 
actually legitimately terrified me, especially with the end scene um, with the face melting and everything. That was like probably one of the first glimpses of real horror that I got. Yeah. And I thought, I'll stick with Temple of Doom for now because I can just about handle the hearts being ripped out mm. um, and the fiery depths of hell and all that business. But I'm not here for face melting. <laughs> so I was too scared to watch Raiders of Doom again for a while. Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> Raiders of Doom, I like that. Raiders of Doom, I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're right though. You know, the end of Raiders is the face melting scene. That's a hell of a scene, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like... <laughs> And you got it in this, and you know, we'll get to that when we go through it. There's yeah. scenes in this that probably aren't suitable for children, you know, crocodiles, hearts being ripped out, fiery pits, you know, all that business. And whilst we're at it, because obviously we're going to review um, Temple of Doom, we'll go on to the next movie as well. Um, you, you then had The Last Crusade, which came out in 1989, um, and that was the first one I went to go and see at the cinema. And... Um, I really enjoyed that. I like the way they brought in that he's got to go and get his dad. And Fantastic. There's, there's some. I thought it was very. I thought it was a little bit more like um, Rages of the Lost Ark. Uh, it, it, do you know what I mean? It kind of had a different yeah. tone to it. It was um, less. Although there's still action and adventure in that, it was less action, and it was a lot more comedy in the third one. And it felt. When you go back and watch it retrospectively now, it feels a lot more like a video game, which I always love about these films, is that, you know, you can imagine a video game where you're solving each room in a pyramid and things like yeah. that. Um, there's that whole scene at the end where he's got to solve the riddles and Sean Connery's helping him, you know, to, mm -hmm. to translate the book. I'm actually, whenever I go back and watch The Last Crusade, I find myself literally, you know, spitting my drink out, slapping my sides. It's such a funny film probably funnier than the other two really yeah and i think a lot i mean you know you've got sean connery in the last crusade who let's face it he's he's having a good time by the looks of it isn't he because it's very rare that you actually have connery in a movie where he's actually having a joke yeah um, probably james bond you know he, he's probably um you know comical in in some ways but in this movie you know he's, <laughs> he's hit indiana jones over a vase and he goes oh thank god He's like, that's all right, Dad. Don't worry. It's a fake. <laughs> it's like, oh, all right, okay. <laughs> you know. oh, it's very, very good chemistry between them both. You call um, this archaeology? Really <laughs> <laughs> Junior. 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 Look at what have you done, Junior? <laughs> yeah, that's it. I find that if I sit down, chair <laughs> like, goes back. It's, to really, me, you know. <laughs> it's when he finds out, he says, Indiana was the dog. <laughs> yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> She talks in her sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Such a great movie. Such a great There's movie. There's actually quite a lot of lines in that, isn't there? Oh, dear. And then, of course, I'm going to have to bring it up, but um, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, what did you think of that? I don't think I've ever asked you what you thought of that movie. You know, do you know what? I went in, I went to watch that at the cinema, and I did enjoy it while I was watching it. But I came out of there and I realised I was only enjoying it because I felt I should. And then I yeah. bought it on DVD mm -hmm. and I've probably watched it no more than about five times. And I don't, I like it a little bit less each time, unfortunately. It just feels a little bit like, uh, it's really hard to explain, but it just feels like a poor imitation of the other three. Yeah, that's, I mean, I, 
I keep looking at it. It's one of those things I keep looking at and I keep thinking, the more, more times I've watched this, will it get better? Yeah. Um, and so for some films, that can be the case, but for that, it's not. And being a fan, I just thought, oh my God, what have they done? Because how can these two, and you bear in mind, you've got Lucas and Spielberg. It's yep. not like it's a different director, which I could probably understand if it was, but it's not. And I was just thinking, what the hell have they done to it? Um, and again, I was thinking about this today. I was thinking there are some good bits in it. That's the thing. Um, I, I particularly love the beginning when he's having the fight in the warehouse and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Love that. Um, Indiana Jones being pulled out the trunk of a car. Great. Um, and let's, let's not forget, this is the other thing. There's also some really good actors in there. Um, but you just think nothing is working out. And. I don't know. Uh, Do you know what I mean? I'm, they, I'm kind of like... They, they even brought back know. Karen Allen, which is part of the reason why I was really my, invested in it. Yeah. Um, you know, because I've, I've always had a massive crush on her. Yeah. Um, whether she was in Starman or um, uh, Scrooged or Indiana Jones, you know, she's just such a lovely girl next door. Yeah. Really beautiful smile, lovely actress. And I thought, oh, that's great. And they brought her back and she was great in it. And, you know, and I, and I know some people don't like Shia LaBeouf. I thought he was fine in it as well, but nothing. Everything seemed fine, but nothing seemed phenomenal. No, that was the problem with it. And it's almost like I mean, you got some good actors in this movie, but just didn't seem like any of these actors were gelling together to make this film good. Ray it, Winston's it, in it, isn't he? Yeah, that's what I mean. Ray, I mean, you know, I like Ray Winston. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, he's been in some amazing movies. He's a great actor, but. He just didn't gel with this movie. I just thought <laughs> he, he seemed like a fish out of water for me. I don't yeah, know what I it agree. was. You know, I agree. You know, just Jonesy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they pay. I'm a capitalist, and I, you know, I thought <laughs> it's just. I don't know. Sorry, sorry, Ray. On this case, you know, if it, if any other movie, mate, it work, but not in this case. I don't know. But um, so yeah, that's Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. The only other thing I was going to mention, mate was so for me i was one of these people in the 90s who was dying for an indiana jones movie and i really think they should have made one in the 90s you know with harrison ford a little bit younger Mm. um there's actually a computer game called um fate of atlantis i used to i've played that a few times yeah what a great concept great artwork still in world war ii he's fighting the nazis and they're looking for um was it the weapon that destroyed Atlantis? And I thought, you know what? Yeah. Make this a movie in the 90s, probably about 1992. I think you have a winner there. Because I had a few video games based off of Indiana Jones on my Sega. Yeah. Um, I think I had The Last Crusade, and I, I might have had another one, I can't remember. And they were fun because you got mm. to swing your whip and swing across the platforms, solve the puzzles. Um, and I also used to have, I don't know if you remember, a game called Pitfall. Yeah, I remember um, that. Yeah, <laughs> it, um, which obviously heavily influenced by Indiana Jones, um, yeah. unless it came out before Indiana Jones, which I doubt it. Um, and you're sort of swinging across pits with crocodiles. So I used to play these games, pretend I was indie. You know, we all. I'd always put my grandpa's fedora on, and, and yeah. as soon as I put that hat on, you know, at the age of eight or nine, I was Indiana Jones and yeah. running around my grandfather's house. There we go. So you know, he really influenced me, and and still does in some ways now. And as you mentioned influences you um 
for me this is the best film though and i i can't explain why i think it's just maybe it is because it's the first one i saw uh maybe it's because it it doesn't let up um the action is literally constant apart from the odd breath here and there but it doesn't feel forced either um it doesn't feel like they're doing action just for the sake of action no that's right um it, it like i say it just runs runs along at a nice pace doesn't it um there's no point in this movie where you feel like there's a pause either because it just literally from the moment it starts to the ending it just goes at a lovely pace i'd um, never have fast forwarded past a scene as a kid for this film because no. i didn't need to because i knew that within another minute or two something crazy was going to be happening you know <laughs> and uh he's sidekicks goodness as well isn't it short rounds Oh boy. <laughs> Okie dokie, Data Jones. Ki Hoi Kwan is amazing in this. Um, you know, everybody knows him as Data from the Goonies, but he also shows up in this as Short Round. Uh, the guy choreographs um, fight scenes in Hong Kong now. That's his job. He's oh, so a fight he does Because yeah. he, he did this before the Goonies, didn't he? I believe. I think this came yes, out. Yes, so yeah, he would have done. Only his, just, but he would have done, yeah. This was his debut. Um, and then just before we go into the main review here Dan it's just worth bringing up the actual spin-off of Indiana Jones because I think Indiana Jones is a little bit like as I reviewed in my last show there's a little bit of a plug-in it's a bit like the Loch Ness Monster it's almost like when you see this type of character people say oh it's this is that's Indiana Jones you know what I mean you see this type of character um, yeah and it's worth mentioning um, uh, you've got Laura Croft uh, you've now got Nathan Drake, you know, in yep. computer games. Uh, you also had Canon Movies, which saw this and thought, oh, let's do this. And um, you had Alan Quartermain, um, which were good movies. The, is it yeah, King, um, King Solomon's Mines was one of them. I've got to admit, I've got a little soft spot for that. I thought it was a good movie. Um, I like I like those films. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> They're fun. They are fun. They're absolute rip-offs. Even some of the music is so similar to John Williams' score at yeah. times, but they're fun. The Jerry Goldsmith um, court, uh, was it um, soundtrack to that? Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. And I think with that, I think Richard Chamberlain knows exactly what he's doing in that movie, as in, I am ripping off Indiana Jones, but I'm loving it, do you know what I mean? So, Absolutely. Um, and you also got the Mummy films as well, which I think were good, um, which came out a little bit later on. And let's not forget, Michael Douglas did a couple. Oh yeah, Romance in the Stone, which um, and I've done recently. Probably further away from the Indiana Jones mould than some of those we've just mentioned, but they're still loosely, you can feel that affiliation with them. Do you know what I mean? He's wearing a hat. He's going on adventures in foreign lands. Yeah. Treasure hunting. So, yeah. So, I mean, the legacy to Indiana Jones continues. And could you ever see anybody else play Indiana Jones, Dan? Well, there was a time when, just after the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie came out, everybody was talking about Chris Pratt. Yeah. Um, you know, because he was in Jurassic World and he is a little bit of an Indiana Jones character and that a little bit of a cross between Han Solo and Indiana Jones in Jurassic yeah. World. And uh, he's probably one of the few people I can see doing it, maybe. Yeah, that's it. Um, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I would. I was almost sold with it. Well, I am sold with it. I think he still could do it. Um, and I'm one of those fans. As much as I love Harrison Ford, 
he's getting a bit old now and I'd love to see him pass that torch over to somebody else and I'd like to see the franchise carry on um, somehow the only other person I could see well I've got two for you mm. there's one more person I could see playing him if they did a reboot yeah. and you've just you mentioned them earlier and that's perhaps Sean William Scott if he bulked up a bit oh yeah um, he's got he's funny he's charming yeah. And he can probably, you know, he gets up into a few fights here and there and Bulletproof Monk and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I was going to mention Bulletproof Monk to you, actually. I was say, I, thought, I thought you might enjoy that one. Yeah, it's a fun know, one. It is a fun one. But back in the day, one person, if it wasn't... I bet Harrison you're going to say it before me. Go on. You Go on, it. you say it, you say it. Well, I've always thought Dennis Quaid. But, okay, I can see that. Yeah, I think he's got... Uh, every time I see Harrison Ford and Dennis Quaid, I think he's got the same sort of charisma about him. You know, yeah, I know what you mean. He's got that charm. Go on, well, who, I was going to say, say? Kurt on. Russell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. Well, it's funny you say Kurt Russell, because he, he actually auditioned for Han Solo. Kurt Russell, amazing. Yeah, I know, yeah, that's it. Could you imagine that, you know? I know Tom Selleck auditioned for um, Indiana Jones. Oh, that's worth mentioning. Nice one, Dan. We almost forgot about that. Oh, yes, absolutely. Mm. So we could have had um, a mustachioed, hairy-chested Tom Selleck yeah. as the, the man in the fedora. <laughs> I think he'd be a bit more, yeah, like that as well. Do you know what I mean? I think he'd just... I suppose Indy does display his chest a bit. We get a bit more of a hairy chest there, wouldn't you? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> the the Selic rug. <laughs> <laughs> well, they they was it was it Chip and Dale, wasn't it? Um, they so I think someone posted this on online, didn't they? You've actually got the two Chip and Dale characters. One's like Indy, and one's like Tom Selic with the yeah the outfits on so it's quite strange how closely they look like magnum pi and indiana jones indiana actually. jones yeah <laughs> um i suppose it's one of those things where if it was tom Selleck, you just wouldn't know any different would you well um, this is it and you i know. think the i think originally george lucas because i think was it lucas that came up with the idea and spielberg helped him out or was it the other way around no that sounds about right um he actually had concept art for Indy, and Indiana Jones did actually have a moustache, funny enough. And I, don't, I think that was before Tom Selleck. He was like, you know, a bit of a moustache. Um, and he smoked a cigarette as well, which I don't think Indiana Jones does, does he? But yeah, he's I don't think he smokes. No, I've never seen him smoke, actually, no. I don't think. But yeah, he used to be a bit, yeah, he used to tug on a little sort of rolly. So. Oh. <laughs> oh, dear. But, um, well, I think they got it right with Harrison. They just did, didn't they? Yeah, he just... You know what? I'll, I'll take his career at that time. Han Solo, Indiana Jones. Those two characters, man. You know. I mean, you can't really get much better than that, really, can you? I don't think you can. You know, it's just... It's just... Space pirate smuggler and treasure hunting archaeologist swashbuckler. Well... There we go. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you get to you know the Millennium Falcon. Oh man, yeah, I'm, I'm well jealous. <laughs> <laughs> and his best friend's Chewbacca. So yeah. There we go. <laughs> 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 All right, tell me what we're doing, Dan. Do you want to take us through this movie, mate? Oh well, you better strap in your seatbelt because we are in for one hell of a ride here, aren't let's we? Let's do it, man. Cool. Let's get oh, ready for this one. Well, I 
actually haven't watched this for five or six years probably so it's for some reason i was blown away by watching it and i'm making all my notes but i'm just watching it with like a child again and i'd completely forgotten that we start this very daringly spielberg starts this film off with a musical number yep <laughs> anything goes isn't it anything goes that's great <laughs> got all the dancers you know we're in a fancy bar yeah. um she's singing anything goes we're we're in shanghai in china uh, it's kate capsules willie um who is my least favorite um indiana jones girl oh really she's quite, she's quite annoying but i know she's supposed to be yeah that's it i've broken now <laughs> oh god <laughs> i could have been your greatest adventure indiana yeah. jones oh, dear. <laughs> No, I've got. I've got to be honest with you, Dan. I like a. I like a bit of Kate Capshaw. I must admit, mate. You know, she's. Uh, she went this away. This time around, she uh. wasn't as, as. You know, she was quite good for me this time around. But yeah. She's no. Uh, she's no Karen Allen. That's all I'll say. Oh right, okay. I see. You see, you see, I'm more of a Kate Capshaw guy myself. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but yeah, we get this wonderful, you know, set piece. Just again proving that. Spielberg is some kind of weird alien genius director because if he can even start any adventure film with this massive musical number and and it looks amazing and not too cheesy then he can do anything really yeah that's it and I think he I'm pretty sure he's introduced Indy here as a little homage to 007 in a little oh, bit of I was thinking and it's also because Spielberg is also a massive fan of Humphrey Bogart as well so it's kind of like the uh, Maltese Falcon, uh, Treasure of the Sierra Madara type thing. So, um, that's yeah, there. Spielberg and Lucas are both huge fans of those sort of serial, uh, you know, from the sort of 30s and 40s. Um, Tintin as well. Obviously, Spielberg would go on to to work with Tintin as well and then direct some Tintin. Um, yeah, I think you're completely right because Harrison Ford looks so suave as he comes down the steps in this club in this white tuxedo. And uh, he might be smoking. Is he smoking? I can't remember. We talked um, about it now. No, I don't I think don't... he does, does he? He just comes down. You just see his footsteps coming down the stairs, don't you? And he's just got that sort of Harrison Ford look, isn't he, with his eyebrows and it, you know. I've got the watchy. The watchy. First Emperor of the main dynasty, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so he's there to do this deal yeah. with... Um, Roy Chow. Uh, Roy Chow is quite a famous um, Chinese actor. Um, as somebody who grew up watching lots of Kung Fu movies, I, you know, I, I recognize him immediately. Mm. And he's got his hoods around him and they're there to do a deal. Yeah. And Indiana Jones, like you say, has the, I think it's the, the ashes of a, a, an emperor. I believe so. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. And he wants a diamond. A nice big fat diamond in exchange. That's what he's there for. He's in it for the fortune and glory, kid. Yeah, that's fortune it. and glory. <laughs> <laughs> well, they discuss this uh, artifact, and Willie is so clumsy that she stumbles over to this conversation, and before she knows it, there's guns pulled, there's a knife pulled. She's got a knife in her ribs, and it's a bit of a, a Mexican standoff because. It turns out that Roy Chow doesn't want to give Indiana Jones the diamond. Um, and in fact, Indiana Jones accidentally drinks some poison. Yeah, that's it. 
He says, what, are you trying to develop a sense of humour here? And he goes, no, Dr. Jones, it's for the poison that you've just drunk. <laughs> so, right. The panic on Indy's face straight away. <laughs> yeah, he's got a bit of a sweat on his brow, isn't he? He's starting to get a bit, a little bit sort of unsteady on his feet, isn't he? And we get, luckily he's got a buddy uh, pretending to be a waiter, um, but his buddy gets shot and that kicks off a whole crazy fiasco with people running in all directions music playing people dancing people shooting you've got willie she's all over the floor trying to get the diamond as it's being kicked left right and center it gets mixed up with some ice cubes obviously she's a woman who's quite shallow initially it seems and just wants this diamond we learn a lot more about her character as the film develops and indy is just trying to get this vial full of antidote because yeah. he's dying of poison. <laughs> he, he splashes water into his face, doesn't he, to try and sort of bring himself back round. I like the bit he's, where the... Is it the disc turns around, isn't it? And starts, the guy starts shooting it. So, it, it's like a little oh, reference. Oh, the great big gong, the bulletproof gong. Yeah, it's like a sort of... Almost like the rolling ball reference, isn't it, to Raiders, I thought. Just so cool. good. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Well, they jump out the window. Yeah. Um, and have you probably noticed... The Indiana Jones have little references in it, but the name of the club is Club Obi Wan. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's a good yeah. little Easter egg there. Um, they land in a car, and the driver of the car is a nine-year-old Chinese boy. And he's like—he's <laughs> probably one of the best sidekicks in in cinema, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? He's, he's just great. Totally sold with this guy. And um, I even thought, because obviously we watched this from the perspective of short round wasn't it really because we would have been his age yep. and I just used to think how cool is that do you know what I mean being Indiana Jones' sidekick got some little blocks on the pedals <laughs> baseball cap you know I thought it's, this guy is just oozing cool short round he almost steals the show doesn't he really he has got some of the best lines yeah. um, you know and one of the first things he says Indiana Jones is rummaging around in Willie's cleavage to get the antidote out. oh yeah that's it uh, yeah. <laughs> and we all know this the line when Short Rain says no time for love Dr. Jones mm-hmm. um, and then uh, he manages to take the antidote and, and again we've gone from you know this shootout at a club a dancing to a shootout to falling out of a window now we're in a car chase yeah and this is relentless there's a there's the Chinese triads are chasing Indy, short rounds dodging in and out of traffic. There's shooting each other. There's one point where they hit one of those, um, what are the uh, hand pulled Chinese carts called? Oh, it's called a ritual. A ri- ritual, that's ritual, it. Yeah. yeah, and they sort of flip the guy up on that. And it's just absolutely relentless. And then we get to the airport. And do you know there's a cameo here, Dan, from somebody? There's a Ghostbuster here. I I never knew that for a long time. That's actually Dan Ackroyd, isn't it? Yeah. He um really wanted to be in an Indiana Jones film. Yeah. And Indi- and uh, Spielberg was like, "Cool, do you want to do this bit?" I love it. I love his Oh, Dr. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, and just as they get to go on the plane, they look around and Lao She pulls up. That's Roy Chow. And Indy says, you're too late, Lao She. Oh, man. <laughs> Slams the door, and on the door it says, Lao She Airlines. You know what, Dan? I've done that a few times as a, <laughs> as a catchphrase. Whenever I've closed the door, I've just gone, nice try, Lao She. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Now, for the... I had to check at this point because mm. we have just, as I've said, gone from a musical number to a massive shootout in a club with a bit of a punch up out of a window into a car chase. And now we're on a plane. It's only been 12 minutes. Oh, my God. This is more than some films will, you know, most films would be happy to end yeah. with this 12 minutes. This film has got the balls to start off with it. It's 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 like um it's like a five course meal, isn't it? It's like a good one, and and the starter, it, it really fires you up, doesn't it? And like you just said, and it's the same with Raiders. You kind of get in the end to a good movie, aren't you? And this 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 could be the ending, can it? You know, get in a plane, off they go. That's it. Boom, off into the sunset. And this is just the beginning of the adventure, and we know that because as they take off, we get John Williams' score. And we get the little, is it the little red line, isn't it, going across the globe, which I like. It's a little bit of an It's been Jones. copied many films, but, yeah. you know, I only ever really associate it with Indiana Jones. A map with a red dot, dot in so that we know where we're going across the globe on as many adventures. <laughs> and, and like you said, that, that John Williams score, the bit when the the plane takes off and it's just like, you know, do, 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 do. it's just great. Um it's one of the best John Williams scores, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, probably this, and for me, um, I really like there's a piece in, weird enough, in The Phantom Menace, um, where Darth Maul fights Obi-Wan. And, I know that, yeah, I, mean, I know the yeah. bit you're talking about. Jewel yeah. of the Fates, it's yeah. called that piece. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal. But indie, whew. This theme tune is phenomenal as well. So he quickly he quickly gets out of that tuxedo as well, doesn't he? <laughs> She's like, well, "Who are you, a lion tamer?" Because <laughs> <laughs> he's got a whip and a hat. He must look pretty crazy to her. I'm just and, one, uh, I'm just wondering where he stored all that gear. You know, I'm thinking this a lot because later on when he gets to Pancot Palace, he's suddenly got his glasses and a bow tie. Where is yeah. all this stuff under his hat? That's what I mean. I, I didn't see him have a satchel or anything like that. You know what I mean? You know, it's just it's, it's he must like, have it all stored in his heart. He, he, he's almost like one of those stage actors, isn't it? Yeah. I remember going to see the Forty Nine Steps up in London. It was only like two actors, and they quickly walked off and then come back on, and they were wearing something different. You know? <laughs> maybe, maybe his uh, tuxedos are reversible. You know, just change it inside out. <laughs> Uh well we get uh you know, we're on the plane and we, we catch our breath for a little bit, but there is some tension between Willie and Indy. Mm. Um she is a little bit she thinks he's he's into her and he's like, I'm really not into you. She says, You couldn't take your eyes off me and he says, How about now? And he pulls his hat down over his face to get some sleep. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and while he's sleeping, of course Something bad happens, doesn't it, RJ? Yeah, that's it. The pilots, don't they? They let they let out all the fuel, don't they? And then they get, in, get jump out of the parachutes, and then this is where you get um, short round notices. It, and he, he's like, isn't he running around? And he's like, no more parachutes, no more. And <laughs> and this is where I think this is where I feel like uh, Harrison Ford goes into Han Solo mode because it's like he's in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon do you know what I mean he's like yeah I completely agree with you here he's like uh, maybe I can fly this plane can you no yeah. okay let's have a look so we got this we got this we got that and then he taps the the, the, the fuel yeah that's light. it you know 
And that's like the hyperdrive. Yeah. And you know what, Dan? It's like something... Was that something they did in the 80s all the time? You know, you tap the fuel, you know, and all of a sudden you're going to get a, a fully fueled engine. <laughs> <laughs> Just tap it, you know. And then um, also notice that when the propellers stop, it sounds like the hyperdrive failing on the Millennium Falcon. It's got that sort of... Jin, 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 jin. Yeah, I noticed that as well. And I don't know if that's definitely the same thing, but... There's got to be some reference there. Yeah, that's it. And then he just comes out and he says a great line and he goes, how hard can it be? You know, just trying to work it all out. You know. <laughs> uh, so so we, yeah. we've we caught our breath for a couple of minutes and we're mm. back into a terrible situation now, which is we're heading towards a huge snowy mountain range. And we've got no fuel and no pilot. And as Short Round said, no parachutes. So, life raft, Dan. I mean... I, you know, when I think about this, this is probably the craziest thing that Indy's done in the whole franchise, I think, when I think about it. it it's also one of the... It's crazy, but, but how outrageous it is, with how outrageous it keeps getting, is so funny, because... So he jumps out, as we, as we know, with the dinghy as it inflates. They land... They start sliding down the snow. It's a bit like Willow with the sledge. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. And just when you think they're coming to an end, they go off a cliff. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> he comes out, then he says, says, That wasn't so bad, was it? <laughs> and he's like, Whoa. <laughs> they manage to survive coming off a cliff, but they land in some of the craziest rapids you'll ever see. <laughs> and they get bashed all over the place. Mm. Eventually. They wash up on the shore of a river, and they realise they're in India. Yep, come to a nice, nice sort of calm stream, don't they? And then they, this is where they meet the main, one of the main characters in it from the village. That's right, and this is probably the longest part without any crazy adventure excitement now. So we get a bit of exposition now. Yeah, they go to the village, as you say, um, and everybody's praising Indy. He's kind of like your Ash. Ash Williams, you know, the man from the sky, we, we knew this person would come, yeah. um, you know, and, and he doesn't quite realise that at this time. But it turns out that they basically are a very poor village. Um, they're having famine. They've, they've had uh, drought, no no food at all. Um, and they need Indy to help them bring life back to their village by retrieving an ancient rock, an ancient stone that has three lines on it. That represent the three levels of you know heaven, earth, and hell, and there's apparently a diamond in it, and it's one of a set. But they have one set in their village, so all of this exposition is going on. Willie is completely out of her comfort zone because she is a Hollywood wannabe actress singer. She's in a hot, sweaty Indian village, and they serve her up some food, don't they, RJ? Yep, that's right. He's he comes out and he goes, "This is more food than these people eat in a week." And he says, you're insulting them and you're embarrassing me. <laughs> and it right, does it? look absolutely disgusting. I don't even know what it is. It looks like sort of eyeballs and slime, doesn't it? <laughs> and it's like, what the fuck? Oh. <laughs> um, Indy's not that interested initially. He says, we need a guide to Delhi. And this is where he says, ah, yes, but on the way there, you can go to Pankot Palace and you retrieve the state sacred mm. stone. You are the chosen one. So 
that's kind of where we're at really um we we know that indy's gonna have to do this um and at night just to cement indy's decision at night time a little child turns up who was a slave he's in one of the mines uh in the under pancock palace and he sort of shows up with a little bit of um tapestry yeah Yeah, to further cement that there's some bad shit going on in pancock palace and indy's got to be a hero and that's right, and then that's where he comes out, doesn't he? And he's like, I like this bit where there's a little bit of bonding between him and Short Round as well. Because he's. Indy stood by himself at night time, isn't he? Looking at the night sky. He's got that little bit of parchment, hasn't he? And then he's. And then Short Round says, you know, what is it? And he says, you know, he tells him what it is. And he says about the diamonds, doesn't he? And he goes, yep, that's right, Short Round. Fortune and glory. Fortune and glory, kid, isn't it? You know what I mean? And then that's yeah. it. It sort of cuts into the elephants next day, doesn't it? <laughs> There's some really good moments between Short Round and Indy, actually. Um, especially later on when Indy's possessed. Oh, um, yeah. And actually, I, I think uh, Kihoi Kwan, who plays Short Round, is, as a child actor, I think he's phenomenal in this. He even gets to bust like, some kung fu moves in the last part Yeah, of the that's film. it, yeah. That's what I mean. <laughs> he, I was... I was I was in awe of him, you know, as much as I was in awe of Indiana Jones, but I just thought he's great. And it, he just he's probably one of my one of my favourite sort of um like tag teams, you know what I mean, you know, with a character like Indy. It just works yeah. so well. Uh, it's Yeah, definitely. I, I agree. Um and you know, you would never have paired Indy up with a child sidekick, but it works so so well. Yeah. You know? And I think it's because he sort of holds his own, doesn't he? So it's kind of like, um, like a sort of Batman and Robin type thing, isn't it? You know what I mean? It is actually. You're right. A younger kid. He's a bit of a cocky kid as well. You know, he lost his parents. Indy sort of took him under his wing, so he's already lost his parents. He, what more? What's the worst that can happen? He's he's got bigger balls than most people in this film. You know, this kid yeah. has just got balls of steel. He'll do anything. He'll follow Indy anywhere. And he's also mimicking, isn't he, um, Indy? Um, so what Indy's doing, and that's also in another Spielberg movie, isn't it? Because you've got um, oh, Jaws, uh, Jaws, isn't you? So there's a almost like a little mimic reference there, which is quite cool. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Wow, yeah. we're picking this apart. I love it. I know this is it. I, d- I didn't even <laughs> think about that until we started talking about this right now. So, <laughs> well, morning, as you say, and the elephants arrive, and we find out that. Uh, much to Willie's dismay, that they're going to be riding elephants all the way to Pancot Palace. Mm. Which she's is, not happy about that. No, so she's, she's got a perfume out, hasn't she? She starts putting it over the elephant. She? <laughs> yeah, the elephant's not happy about that. And I love the bit where they uh, they look up mm-hmm. and she says, oh, look at the size of those birds. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, uh, those aren't birds, sweetheart. They're giant vampire bats. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's got, and, and again, it's like all these like little horror references, isn't there? You know, it's just you know vampire bats and things like that. Yeah, you know, not just bats; they're giant vampire bats. Vampire bats. <laughs> and uh, they set up set up the camp because Willie's fallen off her elephant. You know, she's not getting on with her elephant very well. So they said, "Look, we'll stop here for the night." And uh, this is where we get a fun little card game between Indy and Short Round. Is it Short Round cheating? He's got a little card up his sleeve or something like that, isn't he? He, starts, he is, yeah. Um, little cheat. 
<laughs> I love the fact that when Indy finds out he's been cheating, Short Range just starts shouting at him in Chinese. Yeah. But then in- Indy starts shouting back at him in Chinese as yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> and while that's going on, and again, this is Spielberg's genius, really. There's two things happening because that's going on, but they're completely oblivious to the fact that Willie is running left and right running into different animals she bumps into a bat a snake uh, bugs a monkey peeps out from behind a tree you know and she's screaming and he they don't even care they're just concentrating on their card game it's nothing to them it's great isn't it <laughs> <laughs> and then to top it off isn't it she, he's having a in-depth conversation with her isn't he about the you know the, the, the story of sheba and the shankara stones and all of a sudden, that she thinks it's the elephant, isn't it? That's you know, pestering her, and it's a bloody snake, isn't it? And he's kind of getting all sort of <gasps> like that, and she just pulls it and chucks it out of the way, doesn't she? So, well, we all, as we know, Indy's only got one fear, really, hasn't he? And that's snakes. Yeah, and I kind of like that. Um, I like that aspect of our hero is that he does have a fear, and I kind of, I think that always makes him believable, and that's what I like about the character. So he's got that sort of fear of snakes. Yeah, it's the only thing really, but um, you know, it's a very, very legitimate fear. I don't think I'm afraid of snakes. I think I'm more afraid of spiders than I am of snakes. Yeah, I'm, I think a lot of people are. Spiders just, um, yeah, just I don't know, just creep me out. Yeah, snakes are big enough that I can deal with them. I think yeah. if I saw one, I'd leave it well alone, you know. But uh, yeah, she deals with a snake, and then she doesn't even know she's dealt with a snake. <laughs> So in the morning, they arrive at Pankot Palace. Yeah. Um, they get to the base of the mountain where the, the palace is. And Indy says, that, oh, everybody can just wait here because the guides are acting a bit crazy. And we get another real horror, quite dark moment where he discovers a statue that's got loads of body parts and fingers and blood all over it. Um, yeah, as a warning. Pretty messed up, isn't it? Yeah. It, well, the more the more you you know because we're reviewing it the more you think about it it's sort of borderline horror movie isn't it you know you're getting a lot out of that PG rating for this movie what used to freak me out about this scene as a kid is even though I'd just seen it on the screen hmm. as soon as Short Round says what is it Dr. Jones he starts coming out India she says don't come up here please yeah. don't come up here because he doesn't want him to see what all this stuff is and I always thought oh it must be bad if he won't let Short Round go up and have a look at it that's kind of like where you're seeing Indiana Jones as a parent as well, isn't it? In this movie, do you know what I mean? He's good parenting, isn't it? It's like, no, stop, kid. You know, you know, he's just trying to stop him from seeing this. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, he's a bit of a dad, isn't he? Yeah. The other thing I was going to say as well is, um, I know you mentioned this before, the John Williams score is it really, it really works well, doesn't it, in terms of. The bits with the elephants got that score, which you got John Williams, but he's tied it in with a uh, an Indian type theme. I think. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yep. He's just brought in the sounds of India, and then when he gets to the actual palace, as you said, you know, when they turn up, it just feels you've got this real sort of change of music, which makes it feel a bit sinister. Yeah. When they turn up, it's just great, isn't it? You know, it's all. And the, the music sounds. later, some of my notes later and i'll probably pick up on this again and again horror some of the music later with the chanting yeah. sound like the omen music from the omen at times yeah yeah that's right where they're yeah. sort of chanting you know with mola ram and all that stuff happening it's 
Yeah, and even with, I know we're sort of cutting forward here, but even with the bits with the kids when they're in the mines and the music, that was a bit, I'm sort of going ahead here, but, you know, Indy stood there and, he, you know, it was quite a cool scene. But the music sounds like banging hammers. Oh, yeah, with yeah. The, you know, um, it's just it's just great how they tie all that in, just from an audience perspective. And the beauty of it, of course, is that it's all John Williams, so that any time he wants, he can bring back in the... Because you you need that, because there'll be times where Indy will look like he'll be just about to lose a fight or something, and then just as he does, turns the tide, John Williams' score will then flip to that really upbeat adventure sound again. Yeah. And you're in it again, you know? Your heart's like, yeah! I mean, I've got the. Uh, I mean, I've got the soundtrack on um, CD. Funny enough, in my car, <laughs> but I listen to it. I and, bet you and, have. I, and I, I put it on, and I know every scene. Do you know what I mean? It's just John Williams is just he's probably one of the greatest um, composers out there, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? In terms of, you know, I will genuinely be so sad when he passes away because mm. I think he's phenomenal. Yeah. Well, where are we? We enter the palace. We're at Pancock. Is it Pancock Palace? Is it Pancock Palace? Is it Pancock Palace? Yeah. And we get to meet the Prime Minister, um, who greets Indy and Willie and Short Round, and he says, "Yes, come on in. It's it's absolutely fine." Um, so they come in, and um, there's music playing. There's women dancing. The British Army are there, mm-hmm. um, and. They all go off and change and freshen up. Indy that's puts right. on a nice blazer. Yeah, that's it. He's got another. He's got a big wardrobe in a small bag. <laughs> <laughs> he's obviously he sees uh, Willie, who looks phenomenal in her dress, and he thinks, "Wow, okay, she she is very pretty, actually." Um, and they all sit at the table. This was always one of my favourite scenes as a kid because mm. it's quite gross when the food starts being brought out, isn't it? Oh, oh chilled monkey brains. <laughs> it's, it's a crazy scene, isn't it? It is Again, mental, this isn't it? is a PG. This yeah. film is a parental guidance in the UK, You know, meaning children can watch this. Oh, yeah, it's just... It, it, it really is up there, isn't it, in terms of din- dinner scenes. Almost like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, let's face scene, it. You know, it's pretty what this scene up, cleverly does as well is it really shows the difference between Indiana Jones, who's well-travelled, used to lots of different cultures and customs, and someone like Willie, who isn't, who thinks she is, but she isn't, because we'll go through the, the food that's brought out. So the first thing that's brought out is something called Snake Surprise, RJ. Snake ah, Surprise. That's right, yeah, that's it. Big oh. fat snake. And slice it open, and f- millions of little snakes are oh, flying out. Dear. Very gross. Um, then we get the beetles. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they crack them open and, and lick the insides of the beetles out. Good old slap up meal, isn't it? Eh? <laughs> and then just when Willie thinks something normal has been brought to her, soup. She puts her spoon in it, and what pops up in that? Eyeballs, isn't it? Start coming up, <laughs> don't they? It's just. Uh, and then finally like you said that guy looks around who's very excited because he gets brought chilled monkey's brains yeah. and they break them out and take the top of the monkey's head off and they all start scooping out the brains Ooh. and I think that's what 
uh, when he's Scott, that's a final straw, isn't it? Just falls over, doesn't she? After yes. She says to short round, give me your hat. And he said, why? He said, because I'm going to be sick in here. <laughs> While all this is going on, we're introduced to the Maharaja, who Willie initially thinks she can probably seduce, because he's clearly really rich, until she realises he's about the same age as short round. Yeah, he's a kid, isn't he? That's right. <laughs> So no good there. Um, although short round does say maybe he likes older women. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a good little sense of humour there, hasn't he? <laughs> and all the while, Indy gets into a bit of a uh, a bit of an argument, I guess, with the prime minister about the sacred stone, about what potentially the evil that is going on underneath the grounds of Pancot Palace. Um, so there is a bit of tension there. Yeah, because um, he brings up the shenanigans of Indy, doesn't he? Saying, "Oh, was, isn't that right? Wasn't he? If you went back to a country, they'd cut your hands off." And Indy's going, "No, it's just a misunderstanding, but it's probably true." <laughs> yeah, he's probably pissed off a few people in a yeah, few countries along the way. <laughs> Get a little bit more of his backstory there, didn't you, with his archaeology and stuff? Um, but what I also like here, and I've. Um, something I'd like to mention as well with Indy at this time is he's wearing glasses um, and he's got a suit and he's got a little bow tie and he just he's very much not Indiana Jones as we recognise him do you know what I mean with the leather jacket and the whip and he's like Clark Kent isn't he now spot on Dan that's what I was going to say I think this is where Indy is like you know Clark Kent you know, you've got two different guys here, and you've got him as a tenured sort of professor. And then as soon as he puts on that, that jacket, that's it, boom. We've got the action man, like like you say, like Superman. So, yeah, that's clever. exactly it. Yeah, it's clever. I like that. And and while he's being the uh, Clark Kent character, he is doing that investigative thing as well. He's you know, he's questioning the Prime Minister, he's, he's figuring things out, even a bit later on when he goes into Willie's room, and he's searching her room as well, he's being an investigator, and as soon as he finds that secret tunnel, which we'll get to in a minute, that's mm. when he says to Short Round, go and get my stuff, and that's when it's time for him to turn on turn on the Superman suit. That's it, it yeah, that's it, there you <laughs> go, that's it, go get my stuff, because I've got to change, I've got to become this hero. <laughs> that is a very good parallel, actually, mm. good shout there, very good shout. Um, well, before we find the secret tunnel, we get a fun little couple of scenes where he's kind of got a bit of a soft spot for Willie and he brings her some fruit, doesn't he? Yeah, that's right. Because um, she says to him, didn't she? She said, I, I don't want nothing to do with you, you know, this whole thing, what I've been through so far. And then he just goes, walks away and then he just bites an apple, doesn't he? <laughs> and then he sort of gives her this bowl of fruit and she goes oh you're a very nice man you're a very nice man isn't it like that and I think uh, Indy thinks his luck is in now doesn't he you know? well I mean it, it is initially because she brings him in the room and they very much flirt yeah. they have a bit of a quick kiss and they he takes he takes it a little bit too far because he says you know, I've studied mating <laughs> rituals and, you know, oh, God, yeah. and she's like, oh, right. She's kind of initially planned along and they have a kiss. But then he says, I'll have to assess the situation and I'll let you know in the morning. And he shuts her doors. She says, I'm not that easy. <laughs> Even though she was almost about to go for it with him. Yeah, she realizes, yeah, yeah, yeah. hang on a minute, he's assuming a bit too much here. So they have a bit of an argument and 
they go off to their separate rooms and she says you'll be come you'll be crawling back to my room in less than five minutes i guarantee it um and he's in his room looking at the water the clock ticking and she's she's getting ready getting her hair done because she knows he's going to come flying back in that door in five minutes time yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like He's looking, just checking for any sort of nose hairs or anything like that. And they're both doing the same for you, aren't they? It's a very funny moment. And again, again, Spielberg, you know, comedy. He's great at comedy. Just threading comedy into these crazy weird scenes like this. And all of a sudden, you've got like a, almost like a sort of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle henchman turn up, haven't you? (laughs) Yeah. It's a bit Scooby-Doo as well, because it's a painting and then it comes alive. It's a guy pretending to be a painting, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. The bad guy turns up, you get a fight scene here, didn't you? Um, And then you've got the, was it the fan, isn't it, in the room? Quite brutal, isn't it? He whip, he whips it around the guy's neck. He whips him uh, with his whip, throws the handle up into the um, fan, like you say, and he gets sucked up. And you just hear that, which again is a bit like Raiders, isn't it? He's having the fight with the plane, isn't it? The guy goes into the blade, so that's kind of another sort of reference there. Indeed, um, and then uh, he goes running. He, he in, runs then. into Winnie's room. It's quite funny, isn't it? Because she's just like, oh, Wendy. And he, he goes up to the statue, doesn't he? And he pushes the breast, doesn't he? And she's like going, <laughs> I'm right here. <laughs> well, this is my this is my only, um, not a complaint, but my only, like, it confuses me, this scene. And that is that mm. when he goes flying into her room, searching her room, I was always under the impression he was looking for an assassin that might be in her room. Oh, right, okay, I see. But yeah. it turns out he seems to just be aware that there's a secret passage in her room. And I don't know how he's put that together. Because you'd think that the secret room would have been in his room, I guess. Yeah, yeah it does make sense. Never really thought of that before. So it's almost. It doesn't as... take anything away. No, I think the only reason why they've done that is to tie him up with Willie Scott, isn't it, I think? Yeah. So then she okay. can see what he's doing, I guess. But yeah, no, I do get that when I think about it. So, well, we go straight up Goonies really now for the next sort of twenty minutes oh, or so. Oh, do we, boy? Yeah, that's it. Good old secret passageway. Gotta love that. I love a secret passageway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds dodgy. Yeah. This, yeah. Sounds. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he pops into the secret passageway (laughs) with short round, and Willie doesn't want to go in with them um, initially, of course. Mm. So him and short round start working their way through. You know, they find some skeletons. There's a bit of a jump scare with these two corpses, Um, and then we get step where I step. All right, I'll step where you step, and of course the fortune cookie scene. What are we standing on? What are we standing on? It sounds like fortune cookies. Oh, it's disgusting. <laughs> so many bugs and creepy crawlies. It's like a sort of ghost train, isn't it? How they <laughs> it go is. through it because you get a. Just, is it a short round that opens that door up and then all of a sudden gets some dead bodies popping out of it as well? Yeah, yeah. Indy says, you know, step where I step. And this is where Indy's kind of getting a little bit frustrated with short round, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? Because he's sort of saying, look, kids, you know, just. Go and stand up against the wall or something like that, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> That's right. Well, they go in that room yeah. and the the doors lock, 
And he says, oh, right, for God's sake, go and stand up against the wall, don't touch anything. And of course, yeah. standing up against the wall pushes another lever, which means the ceiling spikes start coming down to crush them. <laughs> and we see all the skeletons yeah, stuck to it. the spikes. Uh, this is where they call Willie. Willie, Willie, we need you. And she's like, "Oh my God, do I have to?" She's in her pajamas as well. Yeah, that's it. She goes, "You two, I've had just about enough of you two And she's like that. And then Indy sort of looking through that hole, and he goes, "We are going to die." <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. It's so funny. And then the- he says. He says, put your hand through the hole in the right. And she puts it, she looks and she thinks, no, there's too many bugs in that one. So she goes mm-hmm. to do the other hole and he says, not this right, the other right, your oh, other right. right. That's it, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and then the spike sort of coming down for his hat, isn't it? And all that. It's just <laughs> like, oh, dear. <laughs> and then um, she stops it with the switch, goes back up in the room, and then she immediately touches the lever again so they've barely had seconds before the ceiling starts coming down so they all run out the room and of course this is that very very famous often imitated moment where indy's hat comes off and his hand just manages to snatch it out from underneath the closing door yeah do you remember the um weetabix advert you are in my brain because i was just about to say the exactly same sentence you wasn't was you yep (laughs) Yep, the Weetabix man. So back in the day, the Weetabix, for anyone who doesn't remember, obviously Weetabix is a breakfast cereal biscuit over here in the UK. And I'm sure it's probably in a lot of countries. But back in the day, you used to have the Weetabix men. And they were like just little cartoon characters that had arms and legs, like a Weetabix with arms and legs. But they would always sort of be promoting whatever the film was at the time. And of course, Indiana Jones came out. Yeah. And they did a little cartoon about that for their advert for the Weetabix. Yeah, I seem to remember that. I'll see if I can try and find that. On, it's probably on YouTube or something like that. Yeah, that get cool. that posted up on your Facebook page. Get that page. up on there. So, yeah, it's <laughs> classic. It's brilliant. Um, well, there we go. We come across some kind of ceremony with chanting, drums, people sort of worshipping. It's a big fiery pit. And we are introduced to our baddie, really, who is Mola Ram. Yeah, I mean, like you say, it's, I suppose I quote Ricky Morgan now, but it, when I'm more thinking, it's like a Lucio Fulci horror movie movie now, isn't it? You know, that set this piece. bit is taking a turn, hasn't it, this bit? Yeah, big time. The setting, the mood, skulls, I mean, fire. this bit now is like a, a straight horror film, because what we see now is... Lots of people chanting. It looks like devil worshipping, but although it's not. They bring out a sacrifice, a young lad. Mm. They strap him into a cage. Uh, Mola Ram rips his still-beating heart out of his chest. Um, although Indy sort of says to Willie, because uh, they're all watching from the shadows, he says, oh, it's a trick, you know. Yeah. He, he thinks it's just an illusion to like get the crowd more on his side, but it still looks great, you know. And then they put this kid who's still alive, even though his heart's apparently been ripped out. He's in a, cha- a, a, a in chains, being lowered into what looks like hell, I guess, doesn't it? Yeah, I guess that's what they're depicting there, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and as he gets lowered down into the fire, of course, his whole body bursts into flames, and then the heart that's in Mola Ram's hand also bursts into flames. And this again is a PG, a parental yeah. guidance-rated film. <laughs> yeah, you know, a lot for that PG. Um, it also reminded me a lot of uh, Living Let Die 
as well, in a way. Um, oh yeah, I can see that. It's a similar sort of thing. They also did the same for oh, yeah. Young Sherlock Holmes as well. Um, similar sort of thing. Uh, with the temple part and that. Talking of um, Young Sherlock Holmes, did you ever watch the Indiana Jones series? I did. That's right, yeah, I did. Uh, that was quite good, wasn't it? Uh, Harrison Ford was in an episode of that as an older version of himself, wasn't it? Yeah. Do you remember that? Was, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was playing an older version of himself. That's right. Yeah, that was it. I think he was, was he playing a harmonica or something like that, but I can't find telling the story or something. Something like that. He was like in a rocking chair or something. He was like, yeah. you know, that, that was the time that I discovered the whatever it was. Um, do you remember the rumours that, and um, this might be true, because of course River Phoenix played a young Indiana Jones at the very beginning of uh, the Last Crusade, didn't he? Yeah, that's it, yeah. And there was rumours that um, River Phoenix would go on to play a young Indiana Jones in a trilogy of films, but unfortunately, tragically, he obviously died, but oh, well, that okay. would have been cool. Yeah, they have been good. Yeah, especially with the tie-over where he was in a film, you know, with the Last Crusade. Yeah. Bit of a tangent there. I do apologise. <laughs> Dan, don't apologise. We love all the tangents, mate. <laughs> So, Indy spots the sacred stone that he needs to get to bring back to the village. Um, and he actually sees that there are all three of them. They're like a set of them. And they begin to glow when they're near each other. And they're placed in the eyes and nose of a giant skull statue. Yeah. So, yeah. it's all kind of linked in now. Indy always gets a bit supernatural towards the end of all of his films, doesn't he? Yeah, there's that little element to it, isn't there? And then he, I like what he does here because he takes the stones, doesn't he? And then he takes his hat off, doesn't he? For the, like a snake or something? Yeah, yeah like a statue, statue of some kind. And he sort of shows a bit of respect, doesn't he? That's it, yeah. Thank you very much. Of course, yeah. he swings there on his whip, let's not forget. That's it, yeah. He's got the old Such a badass. And uh, <laughs> sort of the whip's another character as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's like... It's kind of like Hans Blaster, isn't it? So Hans you know. Blasters, the Night Riders kit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Street Hawk bike. Street Hawk bike, <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> now, what throws Indy at this point is, you know, because at this point he's completed his quest, you know, he's on to the next level now, <laughs> as it yeah. were, if this were a video. It is, but yeah, it's not a video game. <laughs> he does hear a child screaming in pain and mm. being whipped. And he realises, you know, God, these kids, that there's so many kids here trapped in these mines that are being forced to, to search. Um, and he come, he sees that, that they're being tortured. So he, of course, throws a giant rock at the head of... Dun, 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 isn't this Pat Roach? It is indeed. Yeah, he's had a hell of a career, hasn't he? Because he's played... Um, he was in Rose of the Lost Ark twice there's two characters in that one in the yep. one in the bar fight he was a pilot he was the engineer that he fights and then obviously he's the bad guy and he was also in willow as well wasn't he he was um, as the general skull face mm. so yeah that's right yeah he gives gives him a knock on the head doesn't he he uh, does he throws a, a rock at him <clears throat> but he gets captured at this point then yeah um and you know this film feels like it could have could have ended by now but we just kept, keep getting given more and more adventures. You know, this could be like a 10-part series on Netflix these days. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think you're right, actually. Yeah, I think we'll probably be on episode five by now, now, when we've got like, 10, 10 episodes. 
<laughs> because now we think we've had it all you know we've had sacrifices hearts being ripped out and all this we've now got a little bit of zombie and voodoo being thrown into the mix um, because some of the children there talk to Indy about the black blood that you drink it turns you into sort of a mind um, brainwashed zombie um, where you work for Mola Ram yeah we guess I exchange black blood of the earth <laughs> Six demon bag. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that will come out no more. <laughs> Sorry. Ah. <laughs> oh, well, they've got Indy tied up now, and this is where Mola Ram reveals a bit more exposition, which is that there are actually five stones, and the kids are mining for the other two. This is why he's making them mine like this. Um, I'm not sure, and maybe I missed it. I guess if you've got all five stones, you kind of like having the Infinity Stones. Your Thanos. Holy, jeez, oh, yeah, I didn't think of that actually. It is, isn't it? <laughs> oh my god, just blow my mind there, Dan. Actually, these are these are Infinity Stones, aren't they? He's <laughs> oh, Thanos. Jeez, yeah. Five. Yeah, maybe. Oh my god, yeah. I never really thought of that. Bloody hell. Uh, they bring in a. The head of a corpse. Oh my god, yeah. It's disgusting. Make... <laughs> it's like drinking it's... blood, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and they make him drink it. It's yeah. disgusting. It really oh. is. Um, but we also find out that the Maharaja, the little boy from earlier, is also under the spell because he has a voodoo doll of Indy. Yeah. And when Indy tries to refuse to drink it, he stabs the doll, which makes Indy a bit weaker. And then, of course, we get... Um, Indy's whip is used on him. Oh yeah, that's it. Yeah. So and this is like the ultimate sort of sa- uh, salt in the wounds, I guess, isn't it? Your own weapon used against you. Yeah. <laughs> Takes a bit of a whipping, and and I always forget this. While he's being whipped, poor old Short Round gets a couple of whips across the back as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. No, the kids don't get off any easier. No. And then they get him to drink it, don't they? And then, like I say, it just he goes into this black sleep, doesn't he? He gets possessed. Yeah. There's kids say to him, if you drink it, you will have the black sleep and you won't wake up again. Mm. Um, and he's he's now a, a bit of a brainless, mindless zombie uh, underneath Mola Ram, who's ordering him about, really. And, uh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Crazy <laughs> and shit. This is, it's just, yeah, when you think about it. <laughs> We've really taken a turn into horror now, and, and the music, as I mentioned earlier, the music really reflects that now, because we get a very similar score to The Omen, that very famous Omen score mm-hmm. comes in now. Um, luckily, Short Round, who's now been put to work in the mines, he breaks his chains. So again, he's like a bit of a, he's like Robin to Batman in this. Yeah, that's it. He's break, breaking the chains, gets his way out, doesn't he? Um, is this a bit where he gets away and he he jumps onto the ladder and then he sort of that's right. onto the rope? Yeah. Um, again, it's like a bit of a Jackie Chan move. He, he jump, climbs up the ladder, another guy's climbing the ladder behind him. So he pushes the ladder, uses it to jump and grab a bit of rope and then pull himself up through a hole. And the guy just falls down, and all the kids sort of go, Ray! Yeah, I'm, I'm sure all the kids are going, Damn, what did I think of that? <laughs> all this time <laughs> I've been down here. <laughs> well, Willie has got her part to play now because she is set to be the next sacrifice to be lowered into the fiery pits of hell. 
And this one makes me laugh. This is Hollywood here, isn't it? Because, you know, the dude at the beginning, he goes down. He goes down real quick, doesn't he? Like in two or three <laughs> seconds. But when he goes down, you know, she's got like a five-minute length of time, isn't she, before she hits the... She's lines. up, she's down, she's That's up, it. she's down. Yeah. She's got... <laughs> she's fine. <laughs> um, now, it's quite heartbreaking at this moment because... Um, uh, as they're lowering her into the fire, Short Round sort of runs over and says, Indy, Indy, don't do this. And he slaps Short Round across the face. Uh, you know, it's really it's heartbreaking, really. Yeah. Indy, I love you, isn't it? He says. Yeah, oh, I love that moment. And he burns Indy. He just singes him a bit to make him snap out of it. And he grabs him and he says, I'm all right, kid. Yeah, I love that bit. Yeah, that's it. yeah, it's me. I'm back. <laughs> Gives him a little wink. Yeah. Uh, there's a fight. There we go. And we get a good fight going on now. There's, Like you said, RJ, there's comedy where the cage is going up and down. And it's because it's one of those big uh, wheels that you have to turn. So while the Prime Minister is fighting and Mola Rama fighting with Indy, someone gets caught in that big wheel and then it's crushing them a bit. Then they come out and then she goes flying down and then they get stopped. And then they just as they pull her back out, she goes back down again. So it's just a really comical Yeah. Um, scene really but it works well with the adventure and everything that's going on and the music and we're we're there on this adventure every step of the way with them really eventually they get her out of the cage just as Mola Ram sort of vanishes into a secret pa- uh, panel doesn't he yeah he goes into a, yeah into the floor or something like that isn't it he just rolls he laughs kind of a bit creepy yeah, that's it and Willie's safe, but Indy says, we're getting out of here. We're all getting out of here. And by that, he means, I'm going to free these kids, because I'm Indiana Jones. And you get a nice little hat exchange here as well, didn't you? Oh, I love it. Mm. Yeah. Gives Short Round his little baseball cap, and he gives him his fedora. They have a little hug. And um, it's time for, you know, again, it feels like this could have ended, but no, we've got another adventure to go on now. (laughs) I love this scene. You get that sort of, that shot of Indy, didn't you, where he stood there, isn't he? Just rolling up the whip, isn't he? And just waiting to take, go into sort of battle, isn't he, with these guys? Yeah. And uh, And they get, they do, they go into battle and the kids join them and throw rocks at the slave masters. Yeah. They have a plan. They have a plan. No, so go on. Oh, no, I was going to say, they have a plan, don't they? He's set up a plan here to try and get them all out. Yeah. Um, they've got the keys. So Willie and Short Round get the keys to unlock all the kids. And, of course, no Indiana Jones film would be complete without Indiana Jones having a great big punch-up with Pat Roach. And that is exactly what we get. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like a video game because they're on a conveyor belt moving along with rocks falling around them and at the end of the conveyor belt was a big grinding cr- rock crusher that they're heading towards. You just know and what's going to happen there. You can just foresee it, can't you? Just think oh. what's going to That's it. Well, Indy is not able to fight as well as he'd like because the Maharaja has the little voodoo doll. That's him, right. Which is stabbing vigorously. Meaning that every time Indy gets the upper hand... He falls down again because of a pain from this voodoo doll. So again, you've got your supernatural elements in it. Um, but short round spots that this is happening, and he makes his way up there. And they they have a little kid fight, a little bit of punch up, stabbing, 
going on there. Um, and Pat Roach does get pulled into the crusher. And you just see the blood smeared across it. Yeah, just a little bit of PG blood there, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> Probably be a lot worse than that, but yeah, just a little blood trail. I do love the bit where he's Indy sat on him and he's sort of left, right, left, right, and then Spielberg flips the camera just up in the distance and you can see Short Round is doing left, right, left, right punch in on the on the Maharaja. It's brilliant. Yeah, that mimic again, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? That little trademark is cool. It's so good. And this bit now is so exciting because you've got Indiana Jones doing what he does best. He's flipping his whip, swinging from platform to platform, dodging guys. People are shooting at him. And they head for the minecart, Willie, in short round. And Indy sort of swings over, finally lands into the, the minecart. And my notes here just say minecart scene. Well, because this is my favourite moment in this entire film. It's like you said, though, Dan, it's because earlier you said you feel like this might just be the final climatic bit of him having a fight in the mine with all these guys, which in some movies would probably be enough, wouldn't it? You know? You yeah. just think, yeah, this is cool, he's having a fight. And I love the bit when he sort of swings down like Tarzan, doesn't he? And he's sort of, you know, got the music and he gets into the cart. But like you say, boom, you've got a minecart scene, do you know what I mean? And how cool is that? You know, it's just, it's just, <laughs> Again, what you've got to remember is <clears throat> this hadn't been done before. It's been done a million times now in a million, million different ways, but mm. this had never been seen before. Now, not only is it extremely exciting, really great choreographed action, there's moments where I don't quite know how they pulled it off. Um, but not only that, there's some hilarious moments in it as well. You know, mm. put the brake on. Break is break. Break is break. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, the guys that are getting hit over the head with shovels, you know, they go flying off. They defy gravity at one point, but we don't care. We, no, we it's an mind. Indiana Jones film. And then he's got the, <laughs> is it the shovel where he lets us sit out from the barrels yep. or something like that and then takes them out? Um, you know, and they're being chased on multiple levels. Like then the track splits, and one cart goes one way, and one goes another way, and then they're ahead of them, then they're behind them, and then short rounds sort of being pulled between two carts as well. Yeah, at one that's point. it. <laughs> and then Indy, it's just pretty. And then Indy's fight punching that guy, isn't he? And then the guy falls off, and then he looks around at Willie, and he sort of smiles. He's like, and the guy's still there. Look at me, and he looks around the bike still there, and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> very cocky, very cocky. And then the <laughs> then the brake handle snaps, doesn't it? And then he has to stop it, doesn't he, with his foot? His <laughs> foot smoking, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and he go, he's gone. Five, oh, water, water, isn't it? And then he looks around, and he goes, water, like that. And he just, he got that out, bit again, it's genius yeah. writing, really, because the transition of him saying water, water, and then seeing seeing the flood coming, saying water, water. And yeah, while this has been going on, there's a gigantic bucket, probably the biggest bucket I've ever seen. It's about the size of a <laughs> a, a, man, a mansion full of water. <laughs> I tell you um, what, it's, it's, con- it's containing a lot of water, isn't it? <laughs> that bucket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this has been tipped over and flooded by Mola Ram, I guess, to mm. wash away the evidence of everything. And mm. um, yeah, it chases Indy and him and Willie and Short Round spot 
a, a, an opening and they say look head for that little do they know there's about three inches of ledge out there above a gaping chasm <laughs> so the water just bursts out they manage to get away and just manage to sneak up onto that onto a rope bridge and again RJ, that should have been the climax, the exactly, end. Yeah, exactly, yeah, this is it. And now we've got a rope bridge, which is, like, just so much fun. It's just, it, it's iconic, isn't it, you know, for Indiana Jones. Um, and I suppose in some ways, you know, when you think about it, this this sort of climatic scene could could be like the beginning to another movie. Yeah, so that's all makes sense. Do you know what I mean? You kind of got the climatic final here, where how how the movie starts. You've always got this sort of set piece. So, um. and we talked about the opening twelve minutes of this film. I mean, if you're going to open your film with a musical number, a firefight, and then a car chase into a plane, into a dinghy, yeah. and then stop for a rest in India, if you're going to open, you've got then you've got to have some good stuff saved for later on. And I think that Spielberg did have some phenomenal yeah. stuff saved. And um, I've actually mimicked this scene when I've been on the under London Underground. Oh, God. And this was before lockdown. So when I'm stood up on the train, I actually put my foot in between the pole so I don't have to hang on to anything. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm always thinking I'm on the Indiana Jones rope bridge. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Hold on, lady. We're going for a ride. <laughs> We're going for a ride on the tube. <laughs> <laughs> The only scene I've ever mimicked on the tube once, when the first time I ever went to London on my own, when I was about 17, I was walking back and I was getting a bit lost, but I managed to find my way back. And uh, I got to one of the tubes and it it looked like one of the sets from, you know, the end of American Werewolf in London. Oh, yeah. And I just remember being up and it was about 11 o'clock at night and I looked back down and I just thought... If I saw a werewolf coming along now, I would shit myself. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, that is. Uh, yeah, slight segue, but yeah, no. It's um, that was uh, Tottenham Court Road. I think that cheap station they used. Yeah. Um, there we go. Before again lockdown, I used to go down that tube. Uh, but yeah, I think of that. <laughs> it's the, it, the tube still carries that vibe from that movie. It's, yeah, yeah, the totally. smell, the everything, as you know, it's just uh, it hasn't really changed much, really, has it? Hasn't, it hasn't, no, 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 not at all. <laughs> so on this rope bridge, not only have we got a rope bridge, we've got very, very hungry crocodiles in the water below. Yeah. Indy comes across two swordsmen, and uh, he tries to recreate, or I guess he doesn't recreate, because this is a prequel, but it's almost like he tries to do what he would have done in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a little he hasn't got his gun. Right. So he grabs his whip, has a bit of a fight, takes them out, gets a, gets a sword off of one of them, a big old machete. Nice, sharp-looking machete. Yeah. And he's chased by about, I don't know, probably 30 men all of a sudden. Yeah, onto cause... the bridge. But that's another reference to Star Wars A New Hope, isn't it? Because when him and Chewie are running down the corridor of the Death Star, they come across all those stormtroopers and then they run back. So I just thought maybe that's another sort <laughs> oh, of little Easter egg there, wasn't it? So I'll chat that one in. Wow. How have I never um, put that together? I know. Just it's They're sort of hidden, aren't they, in this film? 
Moy Moy watch it and stuff like that. But, but yeah, no, no, like I say this uh, this rope bridge, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's just like it, it's ballsy, isn't it? What he does. Yeah. yeah, he's trapped in the middle, and he's got Mola Ram on one side, mm. who's got um, uh, he's very close to Willy and um, Short Round, and on the other side, there's a load more of these uh, this Mola Ram's sort of army, and they're slowly boxing him in in the middle of the bridge. So he says, "I'm going to cut the." First of all, he says, "I'm going to drop the stones," and he says, "If you do it, we'll find them. That's not a problem." And then he so he goes to cut the rope and. He says something to in Chinese to Short Round, which is basically, "I'm going to cut this rope bridge. You should probably tie yourself to it in some way because it's going to fall." That's great, isn't it? Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And he gives it a couple of slices with the machete, and we get that epic scene where it splits down the middle, goes flying down, and all the guys start falling, hitting the rocks as they fall. Close-ups of crocodiles tearing them <laughs> apart. Again. <laughs> It's not kids, it's not kids, Bill. Every, everybody falls off apart from Indiana Jones and our main characters, don't they? Oh, of course. You've got your cannon Absolutely. fodder, haven't you? <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> they have a little bit of a tussle um, as they're holding on, which is now it's like a ladder because it's mm. lying across the, down the cliff. And a Short Round says, cover your heart, Indy, because he tries to remove Indy's heart. So I don't know if it's real or if it's not. I, believe, I guess with Supernatural in this, it could be that he really can take yeah, someone's heart out. I think he can in some ways, but um, this is where I like where, where Indy comes out, doesn't he? He basically just says to him, you know, you betrayed Sheba. Um, and even though he's hanging on to this bridge, he's actually given him the sort of story of what he's doing, isn't he, very briefly in yeah. this battle. Um, and then obviously the stones start coming out, don't they, of his bag. Yeah, they glow and the bag sets fire and they all drop apart from one, yeah. um, which is the one that, that Indy needs. Molaram catches that, but because it's so hot, he throws it up. Uh, he falls from the bridge. Indy catches the stone. And then we get a fantastic scene of Molaram falling, falling, bouncing off the cliff, landing in the water. And about four crocodiles eat him up. Yeah, turn him <laughs> around, don't they? No. <laughs> And then you just get this scene now, which is just so cool, isn't it? Just the way it sort of ends, isn't it? Because they're sort of like Woody Scott and Short Round think that he's dead, don't they, Indiana Jones? And then the, the rope bridge starts moving, doesn't it? And then he just comes up and he just puts the, the Shane... He comes up first, doesn't he? And then yeah. he smiles and he's got like the Shankara stone. And I just think, oh man, that's just awesome, isn't it? You know? <laughs> and and also, and I feel like we've mentioned this in so many films. Of course, the British Army show up right at the last minute. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, that's like the old westerns, isn't it? The old cavalry turn up at the end, don't they? Do you know what I mean? Right at the end, after the you know the battle with our heroes, where there's only like a small number of them. But it's, it happened in Enter the Dragon. Remember, we said uh, in the, oh yeah, uh, that's Bruce, it. Bruce Lee takes on the whole island. He's defeated everyone, and then the helicopters start landing with the police. It's like, well, we've done it now. We don't need you now. Oh yeah, I love that bit, especially <laughs> when the um, was it the, the intelligence guys go, oh my god, look, there's Lee. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, I've already done it. I've solved yeah. the mission. Don't worry about it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> So we wrap up with a. They return to the Indian village. the The village is full of life, and the guy, the priest of the, the village, says, "We knew that you were coming back when life returned to our village. We've got crops again, animals. Everyone's healthy. We've got food." 
um, it's full of life and he gives him the stone and he says now I understand um, you know the power of this stone and, and what it means um, and then all the kids return to the village as well and it's a very happy place because all those kids have been missing for I don't know how long really years probably in the mine in the mines yeah. we get one last moment between Willie and um, Indiana Jones where he, he there's a bit of a friction between them and then he whips her across the middle and pulls her along with the whip and they have a bit of a kiss the elephant squirts them and we sort of the crane shot goes up and the music kicks off music and kicks in. that yeah, was it. it yeah there you go and like you say him giving the Shankara stone back is a bit like him his old tradition of it belongs in a museum so he basically even though he wants to make some money he's got that loyalty isn't he of you know respecting where this stuff really belongs and stuff like that yeah because when he says what about your fortune and glory and he says what's the point in putting it in a museum it'll just sit in some old museum gathering dust yeah so he thinks let's put it where it belongs and where, it, where it's needed yeah he's uh he's got uh Willie Scott <laughs> yeah <laughs> what more is he <laughs> <laughs> oh dear but no, it's, um... I'm beaming just talking about this with you I'm beaming absolutely smiling from ear to ear because it's just such a fantastic well, story film and moments right I think that's a testament to how this film makes you feel doesn't it do you know what I mean I, I, I hear a lot of people say like say it's their favourite one I get that do you know what I mean because it's a fun movie um, and there's just so much going on in this film isn't there do you know what I mean like you say there's a lot packed in um, and there's something for everybody I think as well um, the the action set pieces first of all they're so original you know mm. whether it's mine carts or rope bridges you know they've been copied so many times since but also they're all so individually huge and big and ballsy that they could have easily been the, the set piece to end any uh, action film but instead Spielberg puts there must be about 10 different incredible action scenes throughout this film yeah i think some of them are done at the um was it the 007 stage at pinewood from shepherd studios in london yeah yeah um i know they filmed it in sri lanka the um and i'm not sure about the rope bridge even though that looks like it's possibly in sri lanka i'm not sure if it was or not it's very cleverly done um but yeah, no, I mean, yeah, like you say, Danny, and we said about this before, filmmaking in that time, it must have been a lot of fun, you know, trying to work out how we're going to do this and how we're going to do that with stuff. It's just, for me, this is probably, in my opinion, one of Spielberg's most um, perfect pieces of work that he's done. Yeah. You know, ticks all boxes for me. Yeah, no, it's like I say, it's just, it's just a, it's a, yeah, like I say, just I'm all pumped up after talking about it with you. Know what I mean, <laughs> uh... and um, you know, and I watched um, Raiders of the Lost Ark uh, about a week before, um, and probably this weekend I'm probably going to watch The Last Crusade just because if I watch one of these three films, I pr- I would generally watch the others within a few weeks. Yeah, it's that kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. No, you got to. Yeah, I think you. Don't. Um, whenever I watch them, I watch them as a trilogy. Um, one after the other um, but no they're, they're, they're all a good set of films apart from Kingdom of the, apart from Kingdom of the Crystal Skull but they are really good <laughs> they've all got their own 
they've all got their own little thing about them. Do you know what I mean? They've just got a little bit of difference. Um, and they all end with um, they all end with a really supernatural, scary scene. You know, whether it's the ark being opened or whether it's that knight from the Crusades and the guy sort of rotting away within a few seconds. Um, and they're just all really great, really, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, like I say, there's a couple of... I've, I've always thought with indie, there's a couple of morals that you can get out of it as well, because it is like a blueprint of, like, greed and be careful what you reach for and all that sort of stuff, isn't it? Because, you know, in the end, these these bad guys in these movies are ultimately looking for this power, but in the end, it's the power that destroys them, isn't it? You know, and it's... Uh, yeah, there's some little things you can take away from it as well. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's a hero, you know. Although he kind of is out to get a little bit of money, um, at the same time he knows where the, the boundaries are. Yeah. Um, and he won't. He wouldn't cross certain boundaries. And and I'm sure you'll think this. And I'm just throw this one at you now. Um, but he's a lot, a lot like Chris Pratt's Star Lord when you first meet him, you know. And he's trying to take that piece of treasure when you first meet him in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Mm. And he's even got a leather jacket, you know, and he's doing a bit of a dance. Yeah. And he's being a cocky guy, but he's a bit of a hero as well. And then, as the film develops, we realise this guy's got heart, he's a hero. You know, there's a lot more to him than just fortune and glory. So, I do think there's those two characters again, another little, maybe yeah. a little spin-off, a little nod. Well, the other thing you remember with Star-Lord is he's also got um, father issues as well, hasn't he? Like with Indy. And his dad is Kurt Russell, which his dad we is Kurt about. Russell, that's right. So he's... Uh, <laughs> All <yeah>. in. <laughs> he's, uh, he's come out the vein of Kurt Russell. Uh. <laughs> well, he did tell... I believe, if I remember rightly, he did tell some of the crew that his dad was actually Michael Knight. Oh, that's right, yeah, because uh, Dave, <laughs> Dave, David Hasselhoff turns up, doesn't he? Um, I think that's the other one. I think that's what they were going to go for, wasn't it? Um, James Gunn was going to try and get David Hasselhoff in if he can get Kurt Russell, so... Oh, yeah, no. get that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. But there you go, guys. That is... Uh, there you go. That's the Temple of Doom. So, Dan, look, man... Yeah. Like I say, as we said before, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you about that movie Thank with you. your bud. So, as always, as always, so yeah, man. So, what, what we're next gonna do um, when we get together? What's our next uh, movie? Is it Return of the Jedi? Oh, I think we're doing Harrison Ford all over again. I think we should do, shouldn't we? Should do a bit of Star Wars. My favourite. So you're very nice to me because you've let me come on and talk about my favourite Indiana Jones. Now you want me to come back on and talk about my favourite Star Wars movie. Well, you know what, mate? You know, it's got to be done, isn't it? So, yeah, not a problem, man. Not a problem at all. Yeah, I'm happy to come back and speak to you about Return of the Jedi. Absolutely. And then uh, uh, later on after that, we're talking about Nicolas Cage. (laughs) Yes, uh, an episode where we just... Just talk about Nicolas Cage. Just talk about Nick Cage, and I think we should. <laughs> I think we should. There's an awful lot to talk about with Nicolas Cage when you start getting into that subject, as we know. Have you, have you watched Willy's Wonderland yet? I have not seen it as yet, mm. but I was going to wait until I knew that we were recording the Nicolas Cage episode and probably try and watch it a few days before that. So I've got that to talk about as well. I enjoyed it. It's getting some mixed reviews, which I knew it probably would, but. Um, 
as I, I spoke to Gary Hill about it, and Gary Hill hit it on the head. He said, "Man, if you don't know what you're going in for with that <laughs> movie." Um, then he's kind of saying, well, what was you expecting, if you know what I mean? Because you're just getting, well, you're getting a crazy Nicolas Cage movie, that's all I've got to say. And you know what? I've got everything I wanted out of that movie with him. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. So, um, no, like I say, thanks, Dan. But a um, little bit about your show. What have you got coming up next, mate? Because I know you just covered... Um, you had the new episode drop, didn't you? Was it the uh, Sleepwalkers, wasn't it? And yeah, that's right. We had our Valentine's episode, which was yeah. Sleepwalkers and Cat People from 1982. Right. Um, but sexy cat transformation people. Everything you need for Valentine's. And our next yeah. episode is um, we're covering Babysitter horror films. So we're looking at the film called The Babysitter, Great which movie. came out a couple of years back. Oh. I think a lot of people, I think you're a fan of that one, aren't you? I'm a massive fan of that film. Um, and so is my daughter, actually. Uh, yeah, it was funny because I, I said to her, uh, I think I said to you guys before, actually, I might put it on your page. I said, you know, you're getting older when you're relating to. Uh, see, I, I, I was watching it. I thought, <laughs> oh my God, I'm like I'm like the bloke in the car with a muscle car. You know, <laughs> eh, eh, you know the old jacket. I thought, you know, midlife crisis sort of geezer. <laughs> I've come away from the sort of younger audience and I'm sort of going into that realm now. So. <laughs> but no, I, well, yeah. <laughs> we're covering that, and we're covering another babysitter film called Eyes of the Devil. I haven't which, seen. I haven't seen that. I won't say anything about it, but right. um, there's a moment in it where everything flips, and it's fantastic. Okay, so excited to watch both of those. Review both of those. Is that a seventies or eighties, or is it later in It's then? quite a recent film, actually, oh, um, but it? it's set. In the either seventies or eighties, if memory serves me correctly. Right. Um, bear with me. I'll just get you that information. Now, two thousand and nine. Okay. Came out. Uh, it's got Tom Noonan in it. Do you know Tom Noonan? Kind of rings a bell. Uh, yeah, you'd know him if you saw him. Um, right. But it's set in nineteen eighty-three, and they do a really good job of making it feel. If you were, if you were RJ, which you are, and you turned the TV on at eleven o'clock at night, and you had a beer in your hand, and this was on, you'd be tricked into thinking it was an original 80s film they do a very good job of making it feel like an 80s film okay. although although it's not right. uh, and, and although that you know like stranger things has done that kind of thing they do yeah. it in a very sort of good subtle way well, so i might need to movie. go and check that out then because listen to that title it actually sounds like a actually sounds like an italian type horror movie um, yeah but yeah now go and have a look at that i'm sold with that <laughs> good so, yeah, go and check it out so Right, Dan, well, thanks, mate. Um, like I say, it's always, a, it's always good fun to have you on the show, mate. So uh, we always have a blast. <laughs> so. Yeah, this was a really fun one. Yeah. Thank you so much. Right. Um, you know, I love coming on and chatting to you about these movies. So I can't wait for some Jedi action some next time. Jedi. All right, guys, well, there you go. Uh, that's Temple of Doom. Hope you enjoyed the episode as much as Dan and I did. Um, like I say, a little bit of admin for the show. I am a proud member of the Legion podcast. So please go and check out the other shows, including Dan's show podcast on Haunted Hill with Gav. And um, you can find Bite Size Cinema. Um, I've got a, well, you can find it on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, several other players on the internet. If you put in Bite Size Cinema Podcasts uh, Legion into Google. Um, I've also got a Facebook page, that's where I'm most active. So put anything on there, any film suggestions, comments, anything like that. Um, 
and I will be back. I keep talking about this one. Sorry, guys, it's uh, falling down. I will get around to doing that. <laughs> I've got a couple others um, in the pipeline as well. Um, and also check out my other podcast as well, which is called the Mystery Vault Podcast, where I talk about all the unexplained and mystery stuff from around the world. So uh, go and check that out. Um, and as as always, you know what I'm going to say. Keep it bite-sized, keep it safe, and we'll see you soon. <laughs> no time for love. Thank you, Dr. James. See you later. show then make sure you check out the other great shows on the legion podcast network like cinema psyops cinema beef devour the podcast duncan and Bo come correct exploding heads horror movie podcast friday the 13th get slayed the hell Ming power hour hello this is the doom show hero hero ghost show kill the cast underwater kaiju from outer space jerry hates action legion after dark metal health obsessive cinema discourse Pick Six Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.